0: Hello there, you're listening to Tournament and a Tea Break from Britwatch Sports. I'm Ross Satter. And I'm Anita Stahl. <laughs> you didn't need to think about it this time. <laughs> uh, we are on the, well, I suppose first Monday, but the second week of uh, the BNP Paribas uh, at Indian Wells, and it's strange that with such a packed field at uh, a Premier Mandatory and a Masters, uh, today was what we would think is a... Quiet day in inverted commas. Uh, there wasn't much going on, and what was going on was pretty dull press wise because everybody was waiting for Serena and Venus uh, playing their first match here since that ill fated uh, attempt in 2001. They finally did get this one played, uh, but yeah, there was only one match on everybody's mind. Uh, all the um, documentation was XX1X, the Big 29, the 29th edition, um, pretty much since the time of the womb in the Williams clan, but it was Venus's time today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think most of us saw this coming. Serena's won the last many clashes that they've had. I it's like seven out of
0: the last nine.
1: It's definitely enough that at that point, it doesn't really, the details don't matter It (laughs) was so significant, but with the circumstances of Serena being off the tour for so long and Venus really having a resurgence the last, not even six months, maybe 12 months, Mm -hmm. I guess, the way Venus has been playing, it's really not a surprise to anyone who watched Serena's first couple of matches yeah. that Venus, I mean, just took her in two sets, 6-3, six, 6-4, six, and honestly, by the end, you, you thought she's going to go 6-0, 6-2 in the second there for a minute. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be a, a whitewash. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I always find that their matches make for uncomfortable viewing i've rarely felt comfortable watching them because they seem there seems to be so much tension in the air the whole sort of sibling wibbling rivalry what whatever you want to call it but um there were definitely some nerves in the air i mean how many double faults was it
1: uh that was let's see i think venus got some yeah venus got eight double faults and serena actually only got three double faults amazingly but with venus it was really the timing of those double faults is what was telling. How many of them came at the end at the most critical moments, and there you could really see the nerves, which to me was surprising because typically in their clashes, I think of Venus as the cool and collected one who forgets it's her sister on the other side of the net, and Serena's the one who's more up and down in their meetings. And I guess this isn't just true for their meetings, but their tennis in general. But to see Venus really pull back after being th- up three love in the mm-hmm. second set, to see Venus drop a couple uh, it was really surprising. You could see it was all nerves, the way she was double faulting, hitting balls in the net, yeah. past the baseline that you knew she should make. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, it's not what I would have expected from Venus as the cooler one, but like you already introduced, I mean, this match had so much more meaning than any of their other clashes because of what happened in 2001, or rather didn't happen, I guess both, that even though they both in press denied having given that a second thought, I think once they're out there, you could see it wasn't like other matches that they've played. Add to that how long Serena was out. Mm-hmm. There, there was a lot more tension than even when they played each other in the U.S. Open quarterfinal when Serena was on her way trying to get that grand slam and they met. That seemed relaxed compared to today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, let's face it, there's no good time to have a double fault. Um, and I, I'll admit to feeling somewhat uncharitable that I was sitting and remembering, of course, the whole furore of 2001 and Dementieva starting it all off with her, kind of, well, it's all predetermined, and when the first of the errors came in and Serena had a way back, I was just thinking, I actually thought, you know, they're going to put on a good show, we're going to get a three setter, especially when, like, Serena sort of began to claw it back, and those two dumped four hands in the net. It's very rare for Venus to sort of look like she's just been shot and just like doubled over in in sort of the agony of missing a shot normally. You know, she's quite stoic. (laughs) Stoic. Yeah, and then to put that into
1: context even within the match, so she won the coin toss and chose to serve first. She got two aces in that first game. Yeah. And then fast forward to the second set, and she's, she's just double faulting left and right.
0: Yeah, oh, I did like that sort of final ace when she like served out the set to love. The look across the net was just like kind of take that sibling, but <laughs> but then it all like caved in after that. I mean, and and the, the, the it's not it's actually not funny. Um, the, the strange thing about Venus, and I guess I mean I've, I've only been on the circuit since 2013, um, but I've always found her fairly reticent whenever I've had either a one to one with her or a a. a, a A press conference with her and she's she's pulled back even more and to me to my mind it's like after the Wimbledon um, episode where the news um, people in in the UK went after Venus uh, in in one of the press conferences about the car crash uh, that left her very distressed and what made things worse was that the AELTC moderator so it wasn't moderated by anybody from the tour that knows them moderated by the sort of rather formal, I think to be polite, um, members of the All England Club really didn't know what to do and they really didn't know how to calm her down. And so if I can just take like a a quick sort of detour. I don't know if you remember seeing Muguruza upset when she'd lost to Mladenovic uh, in in a quite sort of heated match and some poor dude asked an already red-rimmed, shaky-voiced Muguruza a question, and she'd gone. I mean, she'd answered two questions, and I think by, by, the t- by the time she got to the end one, the, her voice was cracking, and by the time this guy started his question, she'd gone. And the moderator was like, can you just wait a minute, took her outside, calmed her down, brought her back in, and said, right, carry on. That didn't happen for Venus, and so she was left feeling very vulnerable. But since then, I've noticed even more hostility. And I don't think it was even hostility, it's just even more not caredness about what she does and how she does it so she came into press and you'd think she'd lost by the terseness of the answers i mean what's your take well i mean
1: so venus of course anytime she plays her sister neither one of them when they play each other will gloat really after a win but reflecting on the other press conferences that i've been to that she's given this week there's definitely a tendency towards very Hurt answers, and I struggle to identify how much of that is sort of a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor. The way she's looking at the journalist who asks the question when she gives those answers, how much of that is a non-caring, and how much honestly is also just a you know how much does she want to open up to the press with how much she's been hurt? I mean, if you think about what happened, and of course she's she's been this short with the press before Indian Wells already. But what happened at Indian Wells in 2001 mm-hmm. if you read those original press reports and I've read all the New York Times Sports Illustrated articles from that the week surrounding that time in the New York Times they literally don't mention the racism once they refer to there being booze and then present the sisters as very entitled bratty and so if if you're only getting your information if you weren't there if you're getting your information from yeah. the New York Times this prestige paper of record you really then would have looked at the Williams sisters as these conceited, bratty women, girls. I mean, they're 18, 19 years old. And you wouldn't have known from reading the news then the amount of racist vitriol that they faced that day. And so I understand where they would have a very base distrust of the press and the media, but that also... That kind of thinking presents the media as a monolith, which we as individuals in the media, of course, are disinclined to see that way because we see ourselves as a diverse bunch who do that. But from the player perspective, I think the media today is going to be the same as the media in 2001. And so there is a distrust built there. And then if that was re-triggered by insensitive questions after mm-hmm. the car accident that she's pretty much been cleared of yep. and it still must have been a terrible trauma for her to witness that and be involved in it. So to have someone try to go to her, ask flippant
0: questions about it, I, mean, I, I wasn't there. I don't, th- I don't think they were flippant, but um, the, 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 the problem with something like Wimbledon or indeed any slam, and I suppose even to a certain extent. Local tournaments is quite often news journalists are sent to cover it, not necessarily tennis journalists. So what we see week on week on week, and 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 what narrative gets built up um, from the start of the season all the way through to the end, and the fact that you know that they may or may not recognise you, but they might at least sort of you know get some feeling of familiarity with 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 certain faces. So certainly the, the people that do much more on the circuit than I do. Um, you know, the news journalists are there just for those two weeks, or that one week, and then after that they go back to reporting traffic incidents and, you know, <laughs> Burger King holds up or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, it, I mean, it was, it was relentless, but not to the point of, like, you know, going after her, but going after more detail, because, of course, we didn't have anywhere near as much detail as maybe was available in the States. So, and it's a big story. I mean, she is a former champion, and, she, and to be fair, she's actually a beloved champion of Wimbledon. Wimbledon are very fond of their champions. Mm-hmm. They have a very soft spot for their champions. Um, so, you know, I've, I've certainly noticed that there's a lot more of a prickly approach since then. Uh, you know, in, in Singapore, uh, it almost like became a game, but it wasn't really a game because by, by the end of the se- by the end of the season, everybody's tired. The players are tired. We're tired, you know, everybody's at the point where they would, just, they would just like to be anywhere else but the other side of the world at 3am co- covering a press conference. But it didn't, it, it didn't really set itself well. Um, and, and the, the pitch of my article for, for this, quite honestly, was that while the victory is Venus's, the night belonged to Serena because now... I think where we're at, you know, she's disarmingly she's sort of said, oh, you know, um, on a case of being, like, zero to Serena, she's still at the S of Serena. And I did try and find out if she'd actually progressed further down the alphabet. Um, <laughs> but, no, we're still at the S, apparently. Um, although I did make a smile, so I did feel slightly better about that. Um, but there are, you know, she does have goals. She's, she's stated that she's got goals. And, you know, more than a couple of times she said, I want, you know, I just need to stop being unseated. And, I mean... Uh, you know, it's the best and the worst case for her here. She came back two years ago and it was a good homecoming, I think. She's come back here and uh, like her you know, when she walked out, the, the crowd reaction I thought was a hundred times better than it was when she when she came back here a couple of years ago. I mean, what was your what was your impression of that?
1: I, I missed her walking on court today. No, so on it's been, the first, no, my first match. Oh, in the first match, yeah. Oh, I do mean, pay attention. Was just, <laughs> I, I was thinking tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, I was there for both. I think this time it, was, it wasn't it was as emotional, but it was bigger. Mm. I think at this point it's kind of taken for granted that Serena has forgiven the tournament and its people for, for everything. And so there it was more kind of a back when she returned and was it, 2016, 2015, that celebration of her getting there was really a coming together in a recognition of the past and that trauma, but moving forward. And now it really felt like celebrating this champion who had just mm. entered into a life of domesticity and motherhood to some extent, coming back to the court. Um, and so I think this was more cheerful. It didn't have the sad undertones. Yeah. It was definitely a happy atmosphere when she came back. Now,
0: yeah, and I think, um, <coughs> I mean, the first two matches, like Zarina Diaz did test her. Yeah, she did, it wasn't it wasn't a pushover. Uh, and I mean, she, in fact, both of her matches, even though they, was, they were um, straight sets wins, I think she had to work for it. And and so yeah, this was always going to be a, a tough one. Forget about the emotional side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, Venus finished the year at quite a clip last year um but the beginning of this year has been pretty woeful i mean this is, these are our first back-to-back wins and a lot of people i know i mean i asked uh, a fair few of, uh, of my buddies and almost all of them said serena to win i don't yeah, i don't uh, know anybody said venus to win
1: yeah i think i mean i i really thought venus would win simply because the way venus has been moving this week and looking at serena she just wasn't moving around the court like she did before she had to take time off and have a child, so it makes sense that she'd be a little bit slower off her, off her feet now. Um, so the strokes were still there, all the ground strokes, when she got to the ball, but she just wasn't yeah. wasn't getting right. And, and like Diaz couldn't can't place the ball like Venus Williams can. Mm-hmm. So it was clear that Serena was going to be more challenged this time. But the other thing is also the intimidation factor that Serena, despite everything, is going to have an intimidation factor over any opponent just about short of the top ten, and especially Venus Williams. And add to that the atmosphere that this was the first time that the crowd didn't emphatically cheer entirely for Serena, but I really got a sense it it was a split cheering. Mm. People were just so happy for the match and for both of them. Yeah. So that, I think, adds kind of to the almost like counter-intimidation possibly that yeah i think venus just wasn't intimidated she was fit and she could place that ball in places that if she got it behind serena serena couldn't make yeah it.
0: yeah i mean i mean she's admitted herself that time timing's um not quite there you know it's not going to be there no matter how much you try and get that batch practice in you know there's so many factors it's 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 never going to be a a, a sort of clear-cut one for one type swap but um, I, you've got a feel for Venus a little bit even even though I find it very very difficult to even bring myself to go to a press conference now because you know you end up having so much to do it's like can, do I really want to spend albeit 10 minutes if that you know listening to eight word answers that don't really give you any information. Yeah
1: well it's a 10 minute press conference and eight minutes of that is a press asking questions in two minutes or awkward <laughs> silences in Serena.
0: But like, you, you've, you've, got to, you've got to actually feel for Venus, I think, because now, in, in, in much the same way as um, when other players come back, so when Kim Klyceres came back, it was a, a lot of focus on, you know, what's it like to come back as a mum? What's it like to do this? Oh, look, you've got a slam. What's like to win a slam as a mum? You know, so Venus has probably got... A bit of the momentum that she had last year she's you know considering all the injuries and stuff she's you know she she's going to go for at least another year but the focus all this year is is not going to be on Venus and anything that she achieves it's still going to be on when is Serena going to get seeded when is Serena going to make a run at a slam when is Serena going to win Wimbledon when is Serena going to beat Margaret Court all valid, all valid oh margaret court's record i mean she's not going to beat margaret Court, as into a t- pulp in the middle of them i mean would <laughs> anybody be sad no but yeah uh moving on uh, yeah but you know i, I remember once i think it, um, i think it was uh when they met at the Wimbledon semi-final in 2000 so they were still little slip of things and uh they did the bbc did a feature and there was a lovely segment with um with somebody well yeah some stiff upper lip person asking venus you know what's it going to be like you know because she's a little sister and yada yada and she said, you know, um, when you kind of grow up and you realise that, you know, if you're the older sister, you're not always going to get the ice cream and you're not always going to get what you want and you just kind of have to roll with the punches. Now, I feel that Venus is going to have to roll with the punches this year because no matter what she is going to do, and, she, and last year was her year. Last year, I hesitate to say she stepped out of the shadows, um, but last year, once Serena had taken her time off, she really did soar. Um, You know, it was a big thing for her to make Singapore, but now she's going to, I think perhaps using the words fade into obscurity is a little harsh, but the focus is, let's face it, going to be on Serena. Yeah, I wonder for how long. I think it's it's going to be until Serena actually achieves something big.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that could be. Or if it drags on too long. Well, how long is too long, though? If she doesn't make a slam final before the US Open, or I guess, let's say up to and including the US Open, if she doesn't make any slam finals, I think people
0: might write her off if it takes her a full year, anything more than a full year to get back. I mean, personally, I'd write off Roland Garros straight straight away. Far too soon, she's never going to, you know, she's never going to do anything on on clay. I mean,
1: I I would agree if it were anyone but Serena Williams, but she's just surprised so many times. She's, She's done it, and I mean, honestly, part of the question is also what's happening with the you know everyone's talking about the ATP next gen but the WTA next gen mm. i think depending on how that shakes out in the next couple months on clay
0: cuz there've been But that's what i'm saying we, yeah. i'd i write her off for clay i wouldn't write her off for grass but honestly the way she's moving right now her pace i don't know But how com- much com- can... compare how she moved at Mubadala and to to now, I mean, when she played against Ostapenko, it yeah. it it was great to see her back on court, but it was not a pretty match. Right? Yeah. And I, I it guess. was. <laughs> I'm being charitable here. Um, you know, compare then to now. I mean, I didn't see the tiebreak tens, but I don't think. I mean, first to ten is a no. good judge of anything, to be honest, other than that terrible trophy that looks like a balloon animal. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, grass is such a specialist surface.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to see how Kvitova is doing by then. That's... I think that's a big, you know, I want to say wild card, but wild card actually has a specific meaning in tennis, so I'm not going to call it that, but you know that that's what I mean. Joker. Yes, she's... So, oh, no, now we're talking <laughs> about Djokovic. No,
0: that's not... Oh, no. Oh, dear, dear. Um, <laughs> <no>. Question mark. In <laughs> a middle?
1: No. Kvitova is a question mark. In my question mark, I mean those boxes in Super Mario that you pump against and gold comes out. <laughs> But, like you never know what you're gonna get with Kvitova when she bumps straight against the box. Although in light of Junior's card, <laughs>
0: maybe that's not. That,
1: that um, we'll see I think the Z- word
0: that we're looking for now is anyway. Um, <laughs> I think yeah no. I, I, we'll see how Zvereva's doing by then too. Yeah, I, I think Kvitova is probably the biggest danger for her on grass.
1: Yeah, but in general for the season with people talking about Serena coming back, if ranka gets the chance to. To play more tournaments gets to play internationally right now all she's confirming is that having uh lost already in indian Wells, she's already said she'll play miami and that's as far as she'll make any commitments mm. with the custody issues she doesn't know how much she can travel but watching her play compared to serena williams as Ranko i thought just so much more fired up and wanted it a lot more that yep. she I think, through the custody issues, has a sense of urgency that Serena Williams doesn't have. Yep. And that you know, can put Serena Williams at peace a little bit, that she doesn't feel as rushed, maybe, to get whatever points she can when she can. Yep. But I think is really going to be biting at her ankles in, in this like, mother's comeback yeah, race no. to a slam.
0: I mean, she really... She really I, I honestly thought that Azarenka was going to have a good deep run here. More, more, much more so than Torino. I was quite surprised that she went out so tamely.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, that was... kind. Of, so I, I watched that match, and she was down in, in the first set. But then in the second when Azrenko was starting to get that energy and find herself. She looked incredible out there. And it wasn't enough at that point to turn it around anymore, given her deficit. But if she can keep that energy going right now I think she's in better shape to win the big tournaments and make deep runs than Serena Williams. Interesting. Interesting. She's moving faster on court, but yeah, she also absolutely. just gives off a sense of being much more fired up. Like I'd compare it to a racehorse out of the gates at Pimlico. I mean, those horse races, you know, they're, they're much shorter, obviously. And those horses will just, I'm not going to get into details of horse racing and like how horses will like go mad and run into a wall, but they, <laughs> it's a thing. Um, <laughs> But that's a sense I got from Azarenka, is that she was just going to th- just give it her all right away. And I wasn't feeling that from Serena Williams.
0: No, and quite aside from the fact that Pimlico is actually a tube station. In, and now, and now I, because it is, it is rather late, just, just for people sort of listening. We're, we're now approaching 25 past one. Um, we're in a house that growls at us. And it's, we have disco lights. All right, I just want to correct Ross here. It's not the house that growls at us. It's the family of raccoons that live in the walls. I'm, I don't even want to believe that. Um, <laughs> Welcome to America. Are you being actually serious that there's raccoons that live in the walls? No, I don't think that's the case in this house,
1: but, um, like, I'm from <laughs> Philly. Like, we've found worse things in our walls. Like people immured um, in your yeah. walls? <sighs> no, but th- there was actually a really tragic case of raccoon attacking a baby. Okay, room. okay,
0: okay. I think we need to stop at that point. But we do have disco lights. Um, Fantastic disco lights. Okay, so what you're going to get is a tournament and a tea break every night as we gallop, horse racing. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> link there as we gallop towards the final. Um, so join us tomorrow, where we will be discussing. What will we be discussing? Who's playing what now tomorrow?
1: Um, let's have tomorrow. I mean, we've got Kerber tomorrow. Yes, Halep uh, uh, oh. is playing.
0: Mm. Let's have a quick. Let's have a quick gallop through Kerber and and Halep because Kerber looks great in Australia and then she and Halep had, in my mind, actually the de facto final in that semi-final. Um, That should have been the final. Uh, And then since then, she looked really good in practice and then just kind of came out for her first match and looked very discombobulated.
1: Yeah, and well, specifically what she looked good wasn't just her shape, but how enthusiastic she was, and she looked like she was having fun in a way that you're not used to with Kerber. And that made it so much more shocking when she was clearly upset and very negative with herself in the matches she's played so far. So if she can capture some of that positivity she has in practice, I think she has a great shot against Carol Garcia, who she's playing tomorrow night. But it's going to be mental. I think RC is going to be a little bit more stable going in. Mm-hmm. And with Kerber, it's really a toss up.
0: Yeah. I mean, Halleps looked good ish. She got a bit of a test um, from Donghai, which was, um, which I think gave her a bit of pause for thought. Uh, but she came through it really well. She, you know, she didn't panic. Um, so, and on the. What's on the other side of the draw? Yeah, so uh, what I'm actually really excited about is Anisimova
1: and Carolina Pleshkova.
0: Mm. Um, for those of you
1: who have not been following Amanda Anisimova, she's born in New Jersey, lives in Florida. This kid's 16 years old, first 16 year old since 2005 to make the round of 16 here at Indian Wells. And she's just, she's playing phenomenally well, but is kind of pacing herself. So she's not getting ahead of herself with any of the. You know, yeah, and I think she's kind of been – her team's been pushing back against some of this sort of the next big big thing because so many times we've seen that fail and and an embarrassment. But realistically, the way she's playing, the confidence she's had on the court, I think – I'm going to say I think she might be the next big thing, and maybe I'm just optimistic. <laughs> I might be optimistic again because of how open she is in press. She's not jaded from the press conferences yet. No, I me mean give it time. She's over 20 years younger than Serena Williams. I mean, or Venus, well, either, I guess. They're, it's, she's you know, young. They're, they're twice <laughs> her age, and so oh. she's just so much more – you'd think you know, it could go either way. She might be much more stressed in, in press conferences, but she she's relaxed and open, and so I think that – you know, she's not necessarily going to be the media darling, but she, up she, up. she opens herself up to, to make press feel comfortable and give people something to write about. So, yeah. and on top of that, she's just showing to be a great player as well. And I think Karolina Pliskova is going to be a really big test for her. She already beat Kvitova, so, um, and that was in two sets, six two six four. And yeah, Kvitova wasn't, wasn't at her best, but
0: yeah. But neither Plish. is Pliskova at the moment, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I mean, if, if we could see Anisimova have a deep run here, I mean, my dream final would be Anisimova and Kerber.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> I'm, we'll, we'll I'm, note, we'll right, note that get, one down. I'm getting
1: ahead of myself here, but uh, I'm, I'm notoriously wrong. I should just pick two other people because I, I
0: always get it wrong. Okay. But we'll on, on that note, I think we'll uh, we'll close it down. Uh, you'll hear from us tomorrow. You have been listening to Roz Sattar and i need a star um and we'll catch you later bye